Everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast with Mike Tagliere, and I'm Bobby Sylvester, and we're on Twitter at Mike Tagliere NFL and at Bobby Fantasy Pro. Tags, how's it going today, man? I mean, I woke up this morning and it was not a dream. The Bears did beat the Los Angeles Rams last night, despite Mitch Trubisky throwing three interceptions and looking... <laughs> Uh, I mean, he kind of looked like the early the early season version that I kind of ragged on for a little bit. But he had, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna give him a pass and say, you know, you were trending in the right direction. Maybe you had some rust, whatever the case is. I I was just so excited to watch the Bears play defense last night. It was a, it's such a fun team to watch play defense, and that's something I haven't said in quite a long time. You know, Mitch Trubisky just needs those big Josh Allen hands to throw in the cold, man. <laughs> they should have measured Mitch's hands to make sure he could play in that cold Chicago weather. Shouldn't have drafted him. Our guest today is Justin Boone. He's on Twitter, at Justin Boone, and he's the lead fantasy analyst at The Score. Justin, how's it going? It's going all right. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's week 14. It was the worst, wasn't it? And uh, it was a very, very rough weekend. Yeah, I think, you know, it was. it's been a strange season so far. But this week was one of the most bizarre. We had, you know, the Derrick Henry game on, on Thursday. Even the Bears winning last night. That was pretty crazy. That Dolphins finish. There were so many backup running backs that scored big fantasy points and vultured touchdowns and stuff this week. So it was a little bit frustrating this week, I would say. Brandon Bolden week. Why didn't we realize it was a revenge game? I think I was one of six analysts that ranked him. I, I went and looked after <laughs> just to see, did anyone else? Would you rank him like 85? <laughs> oh, I think even lower than that. It might have been over like over 100 or something like that. Just anyone you think could put up stats, right? Just throw them in there at the bottom. But yeah, it's uh, very shocking. Uh, and obviously it happens the first week of the fantasy playoffs, right? Just when everybody wants it to go down. Meanwhile, the stupidest stuff is happening, like Cameron Brake getting, what was it, tags? Two receptions for 12 yards, and he scored twice. I, of course, had him on my bench, as did anyone else who listened to this show. And that's a bummer, but, you know, like you said on Twitter, the process was right. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel about it, is that, you know, we can't predict touchdowns. I don't think anybody can. Otherwise, as I mentioned on Twitter, Brandon Bolden would have been started over Todd Gurley. And uh, I don't think anybody's questioning that call. So, um, you know, two catches for 12 yards, that's right in line what Cameron Braid should have been expected for. It's just the two touchdowns kind of fell in. So, um, you know, tight ends, unfortunately, it is that touchdown or bust. And um, with the weather the way it was in Tampa Bay, I think that you had to lower your expectations for that entire game. So, yeah, I mean, you have to take these things as it happens. But that was far from the craziest thing that happened in week 14. It was just absolutely bizarre. And, you know, it's fun to chat about these things because some people listening, they lost their games because it was just a crappy weekend. And we're with you. We hear that. Yeah, no, for sure. And the thing is, is like even the NFL, like look at the NFL. Like if you think you just, it was, it was your fault. It's not, you know, these things happen, right? The Raiders won. The Lions won. The 49ers won. You go through it. You had the, the Jets, the Giants, everybody, like the Browns won. The Dolphins beat the Patriots. Like what is happening in today's NFL? This is why we love the game so much because there's so much unpredictability. And we're now heading to the point where it's like, okay, what teams are getting hot? You know, Jared Goff, people want to talk about him after that Bears game, but Jared Goff looked terrible against the Lions. The prior week and the Lions have been one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL so maybe there's just something wrong with Jared Goff right now. Justin did the 49ers lose the number one pick by winning that game? I'm not sure mathematically I mean the the Raiders won as well right it seems like all these teams just keep screwing themselves over. Yep. Yeah I don't know who the the number one is at this point I'm not sure it matters so much I mean because there's no quarterback really Justin Herbert's not going to come out it looks like so Hopefully nobody takes a shot on Drew Locke at 1.1 or anybody else. The quarterbacks are just ugly next year. 
you know they're gonna you know some team is gonna find a steal like late in the draft. There's always gonna be at least at least that one player. So it's just like one of those. Well, I know who it is, but I don't. He's not gonna go one point one. It's Clayton Thorson out in Northwestern. I've been talking about him for two years. I love this kid. I have not watched any college, so the college uh, process for me starts once the NFL season ends, and that's when I start like literally grinding away tape. And it's just uh, that's a different grind altogether. But it's a, it's a good, it's a fun one though because it's just like a break from from everything that we've been watching in the NFL and trying to see you know what skills translate. So we'll definitely be bringing you guys that coverage all off season you know we, we stepped up our draft coverage last year uh so we'll definitely keep you guys in the loop in regards to what players we think are going to which team how we feel about fantasy purposes all that fun stuff it's gonna be a blast make sure you subscribe so you don't miss those shows i love the nfl draft but i love the semifinals even better and if you made it congratulations we're gonna be talking about our waiver wire pickups today uh we're gonna start at running back then wide receiver first though i want to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's show roman Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. I'm guilty of it myself. The same is true for erectile dysfunction for people. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there's no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com slash FantasyPros, fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with the doctor, and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Guys, go online and get checked by the doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's really easy, so take care of it. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash FantasyPros. That's GetRoman.com slash FantasyPros for a free online visit. GetRoman.com slash FantasyPros. All right, guys, so let's start at the running back position. I've got my clear-cut top guy, but there are three, maybe even four decent options this week. So, Justin, who's your number one at the running back position? I don't know if I'm going to agree with you on the decent options part. I mean, at this point in the season, you might need to throw anybody in there, but there's no one that I particularly love. The The top guy that I have is Elijah McGuire. Me too. And it's it's just Isaiah Crowell left the game with a foot injury. Entering the week had a toe injury as well. So if he's out, McGuire's going to see the most touches in the Jets' backfield. But it's going to come against the Texans' run defense, and they're one of the best out there. So that's going to make it a little more tough for him. And it, it's also going to, you know, I think we're going to have to lower our expectations on the ground for him. But we have seen guys like Nick Chubb and Ezekiel Elliott. They've been held under 60 rushing yards, but they've been able to lift their days against the Texans with 30-plus receiving yards. So that's definitely something that McGuire could do. He's more of a, a volume-dependent flex play, I guess, at this point. But if you're in need of a starter this week, I think he's the best option out there. I agree. He had 20 carries last week, and he's kind of game script proof. I think they're going to use him as a three-down back. Tags, do you agree? Is he your number one running back? He's not. He's actually number four for me. Uh, so it's kind of shocking to hear you guys say this. Now, it, it comes down... Well, I mean, first of all, tell us why you don't love him. Yeah, it comes down to, like, McGuire just plays for a bad football team, right? And the Jets are not a good football team. They have a terrible offensive line. They're about to go against the Houston Texans this week, and that's what matters, right? Like, we're looking at matchups this week. We need Elijah McGuire this week. You're not going to want to rely on him. So I'd rather take someone with some upside to him and, uh, you know, two of those running backs from the same team, because I don't think we're going to see Spencer Ware play on Thursday night. 
Um, it seems like, uh, I thought you were going to say Zach Zetter and LeGarrette Blunt, man. <laughs> that would have been the end of you. Hell no. You know, no, no, no. LeGarrette Blunt, he is who we thought he was. Let's just get back on track here, not lose the show. Uh, but Damian Williams and Charkandrick West. So I don't think Spencer Ware is going to play. He had to leave the game twice. Uh, they're playing on a short week against the Chiefs. Uh, it's two teams that have some really weird running back positions right now. We don't know. Austin Eckler looks like he's going to miss time. So if Justin Jackson is still somehow available in your league, He's definitely a must pick up because we don't know if Melvin Gordon's going to play, but I think Damian Williams, I think it said a lot about him in the fact that the Chiefs, even though they brought in Charkandrick West, that they did not have him active for last week. Some people might say, well, he was only with the team for a couple days. Charkandrick West, he knows the playbook. He's been with the team. He's carried the load in Andy Reid's offense. Not much has changed, so there's no reason to think that Charkandrick West doesn't know the offense or wasn't ready. Maybe he's not in game shape. I don't know what he's been doing, but Damian Williams looked fine. He's got some zip. I like Damian Williams. He does. He's got fresh legs. I don't think that he's going to receive like, you know, 20 carries or anything like that. But I do think that he's a guy that you could expect 10 to 15 carries in that game. Los Angeles has really struggled since losing Corey Legit, uh, one of their defensive tackles. And, you know, obviously you have to worry about Mahomes. So there's just like a lot of reasons to like this Chiefs running game. They just, no matter who they put back there, it seems like they produce. And then outside of those two... I think Kenneth Dixon is worth a pickup over Elijah McGuire. I just think he offers you more upside because uh, he could potentially be stealing that job from Gus Edwards and they're playing against Tampa Bay this week. I would rather, I think, I haven't done my rankings yet, but even if they don't announce Dixon as like the, the starter, I think I might rather play Dixon than Elijah McGuire against Houston. That is bold, man. That is so risky to do at this stage in the season. I don't have Dixon in my top six running backs. I understand the argument, Tags, but I could not do it this week. With that said, I do have Damian Williams as my number three running back. Justin, where did you have these guys? Well, if we're operating under the idea that Spencer Ware isn't going to play, I totally agree with Tags. I would move Damian Williams right up to the top. I'd probably have Sharkandrick West maybe third. Right now, I'm looking at it when I rank initially. I'm looking at it as if we still think Spencer Ware is potentially going to play, and then we'll go from there. We'll see what his practice participation is. But if Ware's out, I mean, Damian Williams had 13 carries this week, right? And I know the yardage wasn't really there, but that was a pretty tough matchup, and he found the end zone twice in that one. So he's definitely going to be a guy that he'd be a great pickup, despite what I said earlier. If Ware's out, he would be the one really good pickup this week. I love the Dixon call as well. I mean, if you look at his production since he got into the back in the lineup here, 13 carries for 44 yards and a touchdown three weeks ago, nine touches for 43 yards last week, nine touches for 80 yards and a touchdown this week. The other question there is also going to be based on injury, and that's what's happening with Lamar Jackson. I know Lamar Jackson said after the game, he thinks he's fine. We always hear players say that right after the game. A bad ankle for Lamar Jackson would be particularly problematic, right? If he's not going to have his athleticism or not be able to, you know, move and cut as quickly as he normally does, that could be a big problem for him. So that might even lead to them deciding to actually play Joe Flacco. We got to see what happens this week with that. Um, I like Dixon quite a bit. I kind of am just looking at him more as a handcuff player right now and sort of a, a flex play. Uh, not as much as a guy that I'm willing to get crazy like tags and, and put over Gus Edwards altogether. <laughs> I think he's better than Gus Edwards. When I watch Kenneth Dixon play, I mean, I think he's one of the best 30 running backs in the NFL. I know Baltimore doesn't have much going on in the running back uh, in the backfield. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go out and get Le'Veon Bell or one of these guys. Maybe they can trade for Justin Jackson, who I love. Maybe they pick someone up in the draft. But if not, Kenneth Dixon's probably going to be the starter there next year. He's talented. 
He certainly is, and he looked much better than Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards, that's another that's another thing. That's another reason that I would say to pick up Kenneth Dixon, just because there's a chance that Joe Flacco does start this game. I talked about that on the show last night, where I think the Ravens are stuck in limbo. I think they were waiting for either Lamar Jackson to fall on his face, or uh, they had to play him until he lost. And they did lose, but he didn't fall on his face, and now he's injured. So there's so many things, there's so many layers to this. But if for whatever reason Flacco's back there, I don't think Gus Edwards is the play. Like I don't know if he gets much of a run uh, with that with the offense because they run completely different schemes when he's in or out of the lineup, whereas Dixon more fits that Alex Collins role, and there's nobody else on the team that does. So I think Dixon is the pickup. I think he's worth... I I, I do believe that he might offer RB3, RB4 value, even if Lamar Jackson plays. So yeah, Dixon, I would take over Elijah McGuire just due to the matchups this week. And the fact that they're eight-point favorites in that game against the Bucks really helps that rushing game as well, right? Even if Flacco is the one who's going to play that rushing game would still probably be okay. It's not going to be as good as dynamic, but it's still going to probably get a lot of opportunities, a lot of volume there in a game where they're big favorites at home. You guys still haven't named my number two or my number four. I, I named my number four, Zach Zenner. Looks like he actually is the starter for the Detroit Lions, which is hilarious that he is still on this roster after all this time of us making fun of him tags. And you know what? He didn't look that bad. He's a huge guy. He's fast. He goes up against Buffalo. I've got him number four behind Damian Williams. My number two is Chris Ivory with LaShawn McCoy probably out. And I know Ivory didn't look great filling in in the previous three games, uh, but he went up against Minnesota. He went up against Tennessee when they were playing great football. He went up against the Colts, but yeah, he went for a hundred and sixteen yards in that game as well. He didn't get in the end zone, but it was a good game. He gets Detroit this week. Yeah, bad matchup. You don't think it's a good matchup? Oh, ever since they got Snacks Harrison, that's been a terrible matchup for running backs. So you don't want to play Chris Ivory even if he's going to get 15, 20 touches? I don't. I would rather scratch my eyes out. Okay. And watch Chris <laughs> Ivory against the Lions. The other thing, too, Ivory left that game with a shoulder injury pretty late in the game and then didn't come back. So it could end up actually being Marcus Murphy who ends up being <laughs> the guy who actually gets the start there. Amazing. <laughs> they have nobody. They've got Robert Foster as their number one and Marcus Murphy as their number one at wide receiver <laughs> running back. Robert Foster, like people are asking me if they should pick him up now. I'm like, no, no. Have you guys watched Josh Allen throw the ball? I understand there's some totals to be had sometimes, uh, but no. How do they win four games? Can we put Edo Smith into the category of players that should be considered over Elijah McGuire like looking at the matchup this week they're playing the Cardinals they're going to be at home uh Justin you mentioned about the other game about the Ravens game the Falcons are at home somehow somehow the the, the odds makers have made them nine point favorites after watching the Falcons over the last few weeks I'm not sure how you can do that but if you've watched Josh Rosen over the last few weeks I guess you can do that but they're nine point favorites against a Cardinals team that has allowed 16 rushing touchdowns in 13 games that's the most in the NFL so Ido Smith actually has totaled four more touches than Tevin Coleman the last two weeks. Oh, so he's getting eight a game. Is that what you're saying? No, kind of. <laughs> it's like 11 a game, but still, I mean, the, the games, like they were, they were not winnable games. Like they, they were, they lost to the Ravens. They lost to the Packers big. So it was like, you weren't going to see that, but Ido Smith, I mean, he's looked like he's more, he just looks better than Tevin Coleman. I watched a lot of that game uh, this weekend. So I think he actually should be considered over Elijah McGuire. If you're looking for, a replacement this week. Justin, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about Ido Smith versus Arizona while at home or Elijah McGuire against Houston? I still think that McGuire is going to get more work. I think that that would be the difference. Like I said before, volume dependent guy for me there. With Ido Smith, there's always the chance he's going to get a touchdown. Yardage hasn't really been there for him this year. I know he popped up at 74 yards this week and it's great that he's out touching Coleman, but Coleman is still there. I don't see a scenario where Coleman's going back to the bench. So it is going to be that 50-50 split 
which limits the overall yardage and then sort of makes him more touchdown dependent. It's still a guy you could play though, but I think it's interesting. Like we're all sort of suggesting that we're interested in different players this week, aside from maybe the Damon Williams thing. If Spencer Ware is out, hopefully you don't have to play one of them. But I think that shows exactly what I'm saying that like they just aren't great options, right? If, if three different analysts here, we're sitting here and we're all kind of going, well, this guy, maybe that guy, maybe there's just not a lot of guys that are standing out this week. So Smith, could get into your lineup. Uh, you just have to, you know, have the expectations set right, which in my mind is, you know, you need the touchdown from them to really make them playable. Okay, let me guys ask you this question, all right? Let's say Rashad Penny goes in, has another big game tonight against the Vikings. Do we pick him up? Where do we put him on this list? Are we sure he's even going to play? That's He hurt himself in practice, and last I saw, I thought he was sort of questionable for the game. I'm not sure if there's been an update on that yet or not, so... We are obviously recording this on Monday, so we don't know if, you know, maybe he plays and plays really well. Maybe he doesn't play at all. It obviously changes things. But right now, he's a player I want to stash for sure everywhere. He's Yeah, I've been impressed with him for sure. Yeah, he's flashed recently. And, you know, we saw Chris Carson had that finger injury. Could have almost kept him out, but seems like he's going to play now. Um, and I think with Penny... You know, maybe he's just getting acclimated to the pros now. Maybe he's just getting in shape finally. That There were reports that he showed up out of shape, and, and maybe it's taken him this long just to— He still looks pretty big, but he can move for sure. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. Uh, but all it would take was a, a Carson injury to unlock him there. So I think he's an excellent stash, uh, assuming that injury that he suffered in practice doesn't keep him out. Carson is always injured, and it just doesn't matter. He's really good. Like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, Chris Carson ruined my fantasy season. I took Rashad Penny in the fourth round. Why does he still have the job? Watch him play. Chris Carson's a good football player, but what I'm saying, if Penny has a good game, maybe in week 15, they're both startable. In week 16 against the Chiefs, I think Penny would be a better play than Chris Carson. Penny's not using the passing game though. That's the that's the concern for me. Is like he legit is like not non existent. Mike Davis still plays over him on passing downs. So I don't. That's the part where I don't like Penny very much. I think I would need a Chris Carson injury in order for him to be like considered playable at all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, beat reporters said this all summer, but nobody wanted to listen. That like it's not, when there's just one beat reporter that says something. Okay, it is it's an opinion. But when you have like four different reports of people saying when you go to Seahawks camp, you can clearly see that Chris Carson's the best running back out there. You kind of have to listen to that stuff. So. But Penny, like, he has looked really good. I, I do think he looks good, and I'm really curious to see why he's not involved more on third down, but he's not. So uh, until, Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, until Carson's out. And the 49ers haven't been necessarily a great matchup for running backs this year. They've been better against the run than people think. We saw them hold Lindsey in check this past week, 30 yards on 14 carries. I mean, it really depends on what you're looking for in your team. If you don't need a starter this week, he's a good stash for sure. Um, but outside of that, it's just uh, you don't want to rely on him right now. Guys, we talked about just about every running back in the NFL this week, and they're all kind of decent pickups. We don't want to play any of them. Is there anyone we missed, though, Justin? Uh, I don't think so. Looking at my list here, I mean, Darren Sproles is also there. That's more of a PPR option, but I'm not overly excited about him at all. I mean, Corey Clement going down might open up some touches for him, but another guy on this list, it's you know just not a spot where I want to place my chips. Tags, do you have anyone, man? No, not really. I don't, I think we hit on all those. I mean, I, I did mention Charkandrick West along with Damian Williams. And if, if for whatever reason that Spencer Ware was out, I think Charkandrick West would kind of 
I, he might surprise some people. I know he was inactive last week, but they may say that Damian Williams is not necessarily the guy that they want to handle most, you know, the rushing work. But it's another thing to monitor in this game. There's so many things like so far with this game. There's a lot of injuries to running backs that we have to worry about. But Tyreek Hill, that's news that if you guys missed it, Tyreek Hill reportedly told Peter King that his heel injury is significant. I don't know what that means. Uh, you know, we're recording this midday Monday. We don't have any more word on it, but it sounds like Tyreek Hill is someone that could miss some time. And knowing they're playing on Thursday, this is a team that's going to rely a lot on their running backs. So Charkandrick West is also worth a pickup. I'm betting that Tyreek Hill is out for the rest of the regular season and that this is fake. I'm betting that they get into the playoffs and everyone's like, oh, Tyreek Hill's not going to play. I don't know if we should game plan for him. And then they stick him out there and his legs are fresh and he destroys somebody. That's that's what I think. I think the Chiefs would love to have home games uh, come playoff time. And the way to do that is win football games. And they're already without <laughs> Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is gone. Like, he's out um, for the rest of the regular season. So, um, yeah, I, they need Tyreek Hill on the field for sure. We'll talk about wide receivers here in just a second. I do want to ask you, though. Let's say that Derrick Henry is available in your league, because he is in 40% of leagues. He gets the Giants this week. I don't know if they play him. I would imagine they do after that performance and how Deion Lewis has been playing. Let's say he's out there and Jalen Rashad is out there. Are these your number one and two pickups? Rashad gets uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, Justin. Yeah, I would pick up both those guys. I think I would probably still want Damian Williams over Rashad if, uh, if we knew Spencer Ware was out. But yeah, Henry... As much as he's a guy that you couldn't trust all season long, they started giving him a little more work, and, and that's where I was really mad at myself after that game on Thursday. I, I luckily bumped him up a little bit, but I I was just angry at myself because I saw that he had been getting more work, but it just looking at his you know his box scores all season long and having seen him play, you just weren't overly excited about him. Um, but yeah, he is still out there in a lot of places. I wonder, you know, and it could be competitive leagues because if you're in a competitive league. There's a chance you might have dropped him before the playoffs thinking you could have used the roster spot better on someone else. But the, the Giants, their Rundy, going back to the Snacks Harrison thing, once he left, their Rundy has not been very good, despite what they did to the Redskins this week. I think that said it's a lot worse than the Jags run defense. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I mean, after they shut him out, I moved Derrick Henry down in my rankings like Tags. You're sitting here on the show last week saying, oh, I would put Derrick Henry above Deion Lewis. I think he's going to have a good week. You're probably the only person who said that. Still, I moved him down because... What's he going to do against Jacksonville? Oh, I didn't expect a big... I, I want to be clear. I did say he's a better play than Deion Lewis, but I did not say he was a good play. <laughs> I don't want to take credit okay, for that because okay. I, I felt like Jacksonville, it was a brutal matchup. Like, I don't think any running back had totaled more than like 85 yards against them all season. So it wasn't a great matchup. Uh, he was very touchdown dependent. And I, I kind of feel the same way. But the Giants, you know, that run defense has been bad. Landon Collins is now out for the year. I, I know the Redskins didn't do anything last week, but at the same time, that team is in disarray. Like, they have nothing going for them. Like, absolutely nothing. They're missing interior offensive linemen. There was just no hope for them in that game to run the ball. So, uh, I do think that Henry is uh, would definitely be my number one pickup of those options, whereas Damian Williams would be number two. Hey, guys, we're going to move on over to wide receiver in just a second. But first, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of today's show, Audible. It's that time of year when everyone's thinking about thoughtful gifts. Think about giving yourself the gift of an Audible membership. Now's the best time to do it with a special offer. You get access to an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, and much more. You can choose three titles every month, one audiobook, and two Audible originals you can't hear anywhere else. Listen on any device, anytime, anywhere, at home, at the gym, on your commute, 
or just on the go, you'll enjoy easy audiobook exchanges, rollover credits, and an audiobook library that you keep forever, even if you cancel. Right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price. Give yourself the gift of listening, and while you're at it, think about giving the gift of Audible to someone on your list. For more, go to audible.com slash fantasypros or text fantasypros to 500-500. Guys, I've been listening to Breach of Trust by Dr. Tom Coburn, and I absolutely love listening while I'm doing the dishes. It just makes it go by faster. Get yourself this gift again at audible.com, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, slash fantasy pros, or text fantasy pros to 500-500. Okay, over at wide receiver, I've got two clear-cut top pickups. Nobody else I even remotely like. I love both these guys. In fact, they're my number one and number two overall this week. Justin, let's see who you've got at number one. So number one for me is Dante Pettis, and I he scored a touchdown, at least one touchdown, in his last three games. Next week gets the Seahawks. He just pasted them for 129 yards and two scores in Week 13. I I think he's a late season breakout star here. I've got him number three. Tags, where do you have him? I have Pettis at number two. So uh, we are all split up on this one. Well, I'm curious, like wh- who you don't have in your top three out of my top two, because I've got Curtis Samuel number one going up against the Saints this week. And then Chris Conley, probably Patrick Mahomes, number one receiver this week. Curtis Samuel's matchup is good. I have Samuel as my number one player. I have Pettis two. I have Conley down at five. Just because, like, I, you could say four because, like, you, you might want him for week 16 against Seattle. But I think this week against the Chargers, I don't know if I want to start Chris Conley against the Chargers because, I mean, if Tyreek Hill is out, if Sammy Watkins is out. So what are you projecting? Mahomes for, like, 120 yards and three interceptions? Probably. He's going he's gonna to get his? Who's he going <laughs> to pass it to? <laughs> That's a good question. Travis? Kelsey will have a George Kittle game. He'll put up 200 yards. Garrick Dieter? Like, he's he's going to have to pass it to Chris Conley. The Chargers have, like, legit shut down Travis Kelsey, too. Like, over the past uh, couple of years. Uh, so, there's actually something here. Like, it's like, we have to start talking about what does this mean to Mahomes, but we're not, this is not the show to do that, I guess. I, I don't like Conley's matchup this week. I don't like the Chargers as a matchup. A- at Seattle, after that, that's fine. Did you see the passes Mahomes made? He's, like, running the wrong direction, flipping it over his head. 50 yards downfield the wrong direction. How Can we talk about that for a second? So, Justin, like, Bobby, I want your guys' take on this. So, I think Patrick Mahomes is doing everything that a quarterback's taught not to do. A lot of time. Okay? I agree. It's scary. All right, it is. And it's all working for him right now, and everything's great. And the thing is, is he has so much talent. I think there's a lot of room for this kid to grow, and I think he could be even better than people, like, think he is right now. But when I watch him, there's, like, a lot of Jay Cutler similarities to his game. I mean... Yeah, but he's got the greatest. He's got Travis Kelsey. He's got Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, and he's got a great play caller in Andy Reid, but at some point does this turn like, so Boone, is this, is this like a, a situation where you're like, I might try and sell Patrick Mahomes in Dynasty, or you're like, no, not a chance in hell, Mike, that I would do that. Uh, like, am I completely wrong? But I'm just saying, he does a lot of things that, like, you're not supposed to do as a quarterback, and they've all worked for him, but there should be a lot, a lot, a lot more interceptions and a lot more turnovers. I think things have just fallen his way this year, and he needs to grow as a player in order to reach the elite heights that I think people are holding him to right now. Yeah, I mean, I think it, those interceptions and, and those turnovers are going to come. I think that for sure is going to happen. And I think it's a good observation of you to make. I just think we've also seen guys, you know, we could talk about a guy like Jay Cutler being sort of the, the bad end of that spectrum. And then the guys like Favre, who are the good end of that spectrum, you know, who can still produce and still make those sort of boneheaded plays, but 
for some reason, everyone loves them for it, and they're still able to overcome it and win games and put up big yards and, and big touchdown totals, and it doesn't, you know, sewer their season or sewer their games each week. He's an alien. I don't know what else to say. I, I wouldn't sell him. Are you kidding, Tex? He's got a second-round pick next year. I'm not – no. <laughs> I think that's where people are going to draft him. I think you're absolutely right in that, but I won't be drafting him there. I won't. It, it, it's – I don't want to say it's Deshaun Watson-esque. Uh, whereas like Watson last year, those touchdowns were just unsustainable and kind of, we all knew that. Uh, we talked about it with every single expert. I don't know, man. He's been sustaining them. No. Not this week, but. No, no. Deshaun Watson hasn't sustained his crazy touchdown rate. Well, not quite as high, but it's been stupid high. I mean, let's see what we're looking at here. Everybody in the NFL is like higher than they're supposed to be this year. Yeah, he, you're right. He's at 5.5, which is like still Aaron Rodgers career level too high, but not 9.3 we saw last year. Yeah, it's, it's kind of nuts, but that's the thing is just like, I, I just wanted to bring it up because like when I watch Mahomes, I'm like, it's so maddening because like all these things are going his way. Like throwing the no look pass, that was disgusting. Like, and that was sick. Like the ball was a perfect spiral. He wasn't even looking at the receiver. Like it was, it was dumb. Like that's, it's not supposed to happen that easy. It's like sidearm too. Yeah. But that's the thing is just like these things cannot continue in the NFL. There, there's nobody that just goes easy mode in the NFL. And that's the thing is I just think that Mahomes will come down to earth a little bit. I'm not, I don't, I mean, I'm not projecting next year yet, but there is a time where this is going to happen and losing Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill, that would obviously not be great for him. If you're using value-based drafting right now, I mean, just consider how incredible Todd Gurley has been. Patrick Mahomes has been the number one fantasy player in value-based drafting. He's been so much better than the replacement level quarterback, the best streaming quarterback, the number two quarterback, whoever you want to pick. But Rodgers coming into this year was considered like a top 10 VBD player like every single year too. And he's been terrible. Like in terms of like, and like where you drafted him, um, like even if you got him in the third round, you're like regretting that pick. Yeah, definitely. Okay, guys. So Chris Conley, you guys don't love that one. Whatever. Okay, you guys are dead to me. I love Chris Conley. It's it's just hard to get excited about a guy. I mean, he's only gone over 30 yards once this season, right? So I know. I know. I totally get that. I know. I'm still playing Chris Conley, and I would play Demarcus Robinson. We'll talk about that in the Start Sit show. Um, so, okay. My top three, Samuel Conley. Pettis, you guys are with me on Pettis. Tags, who else do you have up there? Yeah, I, Zay Jones is there for me. I mean, I'm not, after the game he had last week, I know people are going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, but <laughs> the next two weeks they play against Detroit and New England. Do- Detroit has really struggled against slot receivers. They moved Nevin Lawson into the slot. He has struggled covering that uh, position. And then New England, they shut down perimeter wide receivers the majority of time. The slot, Jonathan Jones is where they're beat. So Zay Jones is, I'm not excited about anybody after Samuel and Pettis, to be honest with you. Um, I just don't feel like the matchups are very, very favorable, and I just don't think the quarterback situations are – it's either their matchups are really bad or their quarterback situations are bad. Like Zay Jones, good matchups, bad quarterback situation. John Ross, great schedule, bad quarterback situation. Kenny Stills, terrible schedule. Um, So, like D.D. Westbrook. I mean, I don't know what else we could say here. Cody Kessler. Yeah, De- Deshaun Hamilton. You could talk about him, but his quarterback's bad. So that's the thing is just like all these players, they they have things that appeal to you for sure. But then there's also things that it's like, do I want to tie my my fantasy life, my my fragile fantasy life to the to the hands of of Case Keenum, who has not completed more than 59 percent of passes since they like traded uh, Demarius Thomas? It's just. I don't know, man. Like, wide receiver's ugly. So outside of Samuel and Pettis, none of these guys are, like, preferred guys that I'd want to start on my fantasy team. Yeah, I agree. Justin, I, I like Deshaun Hamilton a little bit. How do you feel about him? He had nine targets this game. 
Yeah, I mean, he's very interesting. One of the things that I like about Hamilton is I think people might look at that box score, see that Tim Patrick actually had more yards and more targets and think, oh, maybe that's the guy to go get, right? Not that you need to try to save, you know, fab dollars or anything this time of year. If you want him, definitely go bid on him and make sure you get him. But he, if we also saw Sutton leave that game as well, right? So if, if Sutton misses time, he had a thigh injury in that one. I think that makes Hamilton the focal point of that offense. He's going to make him the focal point of the passing attack anyway. Obviously, Philip Lindsay will be the main guy there. And remember, they just lost Emmanuel Sanders last week, too. So I think he's really, really intriguing, especially in PPR the rest of the way. And that's whether Sutton's in the lineup or not. But obviously, if Sutton's out... He's definitely going to be someone he's going to get into that wide receiver three range, potentially. All right, guys, uh, we'll go quarterback here in just a second. But first, let's talk about some players who might be available in some leagues. So obviously, these guys are available in over 50% of leagues. But let's say that John Brown is out there against Tampa. Does that interest you at all? I mean, I know it's really reaching with John Brown, but it's Tampa and Joe Flacco might be back. If Flacco's under center, maybe. Yeah, that's right, man. Maybe, but even then... I don't think I'm willing to to trust them there. And so Tampa, Bobby, really quick. So Tampa, like oddly enough, like four of the last five games have netted uh, 231 yards or less for opponents passing attacks. Yeah, it's been a lot better for sure. I mean, if I was if I was going to go for a guy who was sort of a, a deep speedster, all of John Brown there, I'd probably go more for somebody like Robbie Anderson. Uh, you know, I, he he might finally be healthy here. He's got that deep speed that the Texans have really struggled with. I mean, they just got torched by TY. TY put up 199 on them. And some recent stat lines other than Hilton against the Texans, Jarvis Landry at 103 yards, Antonio Callaway, 84 yards, Rashard Higgins, 62 and a touchdown, Corey Davis, 96 and a touchdown. That was just the last three weeks. So you can definitely move the ball downfield against them. And I think Anderson could use his speed to to victimize him. Another guy where you can tell a story where he could play well this week, but you're not going to be overly excited or overly confident to put him in your lineup. All right, guys, three more players. I'm going to give you their matchups. You tell me who you would rather pick up if you need somebody, and they're all available. Josh Reynolds face Philadelphia. Traquan Smith, who put up another zero against Carolina. And then Mike Williams against Kansas City. Tagged you first. Man, um, I'm probably going to go Josh Reynolds. I I happen to think that Jared Goff is going to come back. He'll bounce back um, against a much less pass, like lesser pass rush. And I do think that the, he plays better in the warm weather. I think that stuff actually matters. So I'm going to go with Josh Reynolds here. I just think he comes with the most upside of those options. I've got Reynolds too. Man, I feel so bad for the people who started Traquan Smith. Like you, you should have known, guys. Another another strange one from this week for sure. I I agree with you guys. I would go with uh, I would go with him there. But I do think Mike Williams is interesting. Just in a matchup where there could be a lot more points scored. He had a pretty good game earlier in the season. You know, when you force the Chargers to move the ball downfield, they've been able to lean on the run quite a bit this season, right? And if you force them to have to throw the ball, they can still do it. And that's when you start to see a guy like Mike Williams maybe get some more targets. And all he really needs at this point is targets. I think we could agree that he's a talented player. He's got great red zone skills. So if he starts to get more targets, that's when we're going to see his production go up. And in a game like this, that could be the one time, if you're talking dart throw, you could put him in your lineup. Yeah. Okay, so tags. Josh Reynolds is there. So is Curtis Samuel. Who are you taking? I'll probably take Samuel. I'll take Samuel, too. Who are you going with, Justin? Yeah, I'm going with Samuel there. I mean, even with all the other options in in their offense as well, I still think, you know, Samuel's hit 80 yards back-to-back games here. He's seen more, uh, he's actually seen more targets than more, or either the same or more targets in each of the last two games. And he's outproduced more in both those games. And while I still like more as the better play, 
you know, if you see, you know, Samuel playing more snaps, we're seeing Devin Funches come back and not take on a very big role in the offense. He's only playing around 40% of the snaps where you have Samuel and Moore up around 90. So even with, you know, Cam Newton's health, maybe kind of limiting that passing game a little bit and the Saints matchup, you know, not looking as great as maybe it did earlier in the season. Their their defense is, is playing much better at this point in the year. You'd have to think more probably will draw Marcus Lattimore, I would think, if they decide to shadow at all. And that could put Samuel in another good situation. So what if you need a flex? Are you choosing Samuel or Elijah McGuire, Justin? I'm going Samuel there. Same. I've got him number one as well. Yeah. The upside there is just much higher just because the, the matchup's so difficult for McGuire. What about you, Tag? Samuel or uh, Damian Williams? Ooh, if, if wears out, I'll take Damian Williams. I think so for me as well. It's pretty close. Yeah, I'm agreeing. Da- Damian Williams there, I think. Guys, let's go to the quarterback position where uh, streamers are not looking very Ooh, pretty this week. It's ugly. It is really bad. You've got Lamar Jackson who's banged up, but he gets Tampa. Uh, he's available still in 55% of leagues. Uh, you've got Derek Carr against Cincinnati, back-to-back good games. I don't know if you want to trust Derek Carr in your fantasy playoffs. Uh, Josh Allen is out there still in a lot of leagues, and he just <laughs> keeps putting up the rushing totals. I don't know. Is Josh Allen going to carry people to the championship? Uh, anybody else that you like here, Tags, or is it one of these three? Oh, my God. Josh Allen is the best streamer. Like, Lamar Jackson, if he's if he's healthy and available, he's the best one. Uh, Dak Prescott, if for whatever reason he's still available, I'd rather play those guys over Allen. But yeah, Allen, it's it's tough not to right now. The, the the issue is that Detroit, their weaknesses come in a in a in an area of the game where Allen's not very good. So their their secondary is their weakness. Where the like in terms of passing efficiency, teams have had so much success through the air against them. They haven't had to throw a whole bunch, but when they do, it's usually successful. Um, but Allen obviously struggles throwing the ball. He doesn't have much weapons. Like he has no Lashawn McCoy in the backfield now. He you know lost the starting center. Uh, two weeks ago. So like, there's a lot of concerns here and the lions have not allowed a quarterback more than 18 yards rushing. And they did play Mitch Trubisky, um, multiple times. So obviously it's just, it's not a matchup where Detroit allows a ton on the ground. So I'm a little worried there. Do you have the stones to play Eli Manning versus Tennessee? No, no, definitely not. Does anyone? I mean, <laughs> I don't think that would be stones. I think that would just be stupid. They're not going to be able to run the ball against Tennessee. I, I can't imagine they would be able to. So it's like Eli, if he gets Odell back, I mean, wait a sec. Hold on a second. Saquon Barkley's not going to be able to run the ball against someone. You're wrong. <laughs> Saquon Barkley can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, Tags. You're right. How dare I question the goat? <laughs> So Josh Allen set the record. Like if you guys didn't hear, like it's it's now a three game record, I think, for most rushing yards for a quarterback over a three game span. Josh Allen has it. What? He topped my. He, yeah, more than Michael Vick. He topped Michael Vick. Ninety nine, one thirty five, and one hundred one. The last three games. Yeah. yeah. He topped Michael Vick. Um, it's the most over a three game span. I'm almost positive that's what I heard on a broadcast. So, yeah, that's that's quite ridiculous. So I mean, he's probably. <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know, man. It is an ugly week to stream quarterbacks. I want to be. Like, painfully clear about that. Since we have, like, we're here for this discussion, let's talk about this for a second. Next year, do you guys put a higher priority on quarterbacks? Like, let's pretend that we have listeners out there, they play in leagues where 18 quarterbacks are owned at all times. Sometimes maybe up to, to 20, 22 of them. Because a lot of casual leagues, as much as we want to talk about industry leagues, casual leagues are where it's at. And when you look at percent ownership in Yahoo Leagues or CBS or wherever you look, and you see that, you know, these quarterbacks are over 50% owned, that means they're owned in over half of leagues. So they're not available to most people. So 
do you guys prioritize the quarterback position considering I think you own two guys because I don't want to keep playing Josh Allen. That's how I like th- that's the thing is I, I am not against having two quarterbacks moving forward. I know streaming was an approach. I mean you don't need to do that in an expert league, like none of us are drafting two QBs, but in your home league, yeah, you might need to. Right, but the quarterback position is such a high-scoring position. Like, the average QB1 performance is so much more than it's been in years past. Justin, are you going to prioritize the quarterback position more in 2019 drafts? I won't. I mean, I would be willing to take Mahomes high, but I'm guessing someone's going to be crazy and take him in the, the first or, or the second round. Yeah, not me. And, and I'm, I'm not going to be the guy to do that. So I still think there's just so much value. And you talked before about you know Aaron Rodgers being a guy that we assume to be the top guy and not really delivering it's because there's so many other guys that that were lower down that have stepped up Mahomes was one of them Trubisky has had his moments this season he's played well you really could piece it together you know uh, Lamar Jackson I know at this point in the season we're looking at it and it's the playoffs and you know we're kind of looking at it like oh my god you're actually going to start Josh Allen in the playoffs my god how could you do that but Allen's put up decent numbers last few weeks he's not a guy that you want to put confidence in but he's shown that he can produce similar to how Jackson has. I, I don't like the fact that, you know, we have to spend our lives now looking up, you know, how many uh, rushing yards did the, you know, did the Lions allow to quarterbacks. And I did look that up too. And, you know, I looked it up because I was comparing Jackson and Allen this week because they put up sort of similar stats recently. And, you know, for Jackson, he's going up against the Bucks. And they've given up at least 30 rushing yards to the guys who can run to the Mayfields, Trubisky, twice to Cam Newton. And then you look at, you know, Josh Allen might struggle to put up as many rushing yards against the Lions, maybe. So it's very unfortunate this time of year that that's what we have to look at to try to narrow it down. But next year, it's not going to make me prioritize quarterback anymore just because I think you're still going to have guys stepping up, guys breaking out. And I'm going to look to try to get the value there and use my earlier picks to secure more shots at running back and wide receiver. And maybe even, to be honest, tight end, which is the position where we're probably going to have to pay up for. I'm curious to see where the where those guys go next year, because the value of having one of those top two or three guys is just so high now. I think all three of them go in the late second round. I think people are going to reach for them. You know, Tags, what if I told you before the season that Josh Allen would outrush Leonard Fournette Dalvin Cook and Le'Veon Bell and that we'd be talking about Zach Zenner as a starting fantasy asset in the playoffs oh man I I I would say I'm probably going to quit fantasy football (laughs) that's probably what I would say I mean to be to be fair though I I said that Josh Allen was like a a lesser version of Cam Newton and I still kind of feel that way you did say that Uh, yeah I still feel like they're they're similar players in terms of their accuracy is spotty at best they both have great arms even though Cam has lost his strength on his deep ball for whatever reason Uh, I'm guessing his shoulders affecting him more than we think uh, but yeah, both of them do offer, you know, a lot on the ground in that the Bills just don't, they don't have anybody to throw to. So Josh Allen's kind of forced us to just tuck the ball and run, uh, because like the, those receivers in that team, man, they need some serious upgrades. Like getting rid of Kelvin Benjamin was a step in the right direction. I think it's, uh, addition by subtraction, but I, I'm curious to see what they do because they don't have much draft capital. So it's going to be tough for them to rebuild around him because they don't have an offensive line. If only they had like Robert Woods, Sammy Watkins, Amari Cooper, 
Well, all those guys that used to be on the Bills is what I'm saying. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Robert was, well, Chris Hogan has turned out to be a, a good one. I can't wait to go through, like, you know, I'm going to do a year end review and kind of go over the things that went wrong in fantasy and the things that went right and, like, what we learned from it all. And I can't wait to do that stuff because Chris Hogan was a, a very interesting one that I remember having multiple conversations about before the season. And he's one that I, I'm, you know, this, it's like a valuable lesson has to be learned from all of this. And um, I, I look forward to doing that article. What do you think the craziest thing that's happened this season is? Do you think it's Patrick Mahomes? Because, like, who would have guessed? I mean, we all said he had upside, right? Everyone knew that. But who would have guessed he'd be threatening every single single season record? Yeah, I did a a video before the season uh, where I talked about him having the potential to be in the top five this year. But never did I think that he was actually going to do what he's done. And it, you know, looks great now that I said, I mean, the season ends today. And he still has one of the best fantasy football seasons of all time. Yeah, he's he's a special talent. It, you know, it's great to see. He has a, a phenomenal pedigree there. And yeah, I, I think that just, you know, bleeds back into the conversation we were just having, which is, you know, all the more reason to try to spot the Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to get a guy that produces like that every year and ends up being the number one player overall. But you can find guys that can jump up and put up top 10, top five numbers and sort of come out of you know, seemingly nowhere. I don't think he was, you know, completely off the radar based on all the, all the weapons and everything. But yeah, we're seeing guys step up and, you know, there's going to be another Mahomes come along that maybe not, you know, quite as good as him, but another guy who can get up there into that QB one range next year too. Fantasy football is extremely fun, but it is really frustrating too. And speaking of which, we've got the tight end position, which is so frustrating. Dan Arnold tags. We were talking about as our top streamer. He was inactive. Is he going to play this week against Carolina? And if not, does that make Benjamin Watson your favorite streamer going up against that uh, worst defense against tight ends? Yeah, it's kind of a, an interesting situation. And I put a tweet out on Sunday morning, uh, basically letting everyone know that Dan Arnold was inactive. And I think it came down to the field conditions that they had out there in Tampa Bay, that there was new sod put on the field uh, the beginning of December. They do that every single year. So it was really soft to begin with. And they had received a ton of rain. So this it was just very sloppy. Uh, the Saints had practiced with longer cleats all week long. Um, so there was like a lot of things that... that it just seemed like the Saints wanted to run the football in that one. So hearing that Dan Arnold was inactive as a healthy scratch, it just seemed like it was more like, okay, Ben Watson's the better blocker. We're going to use more blocking sets. We're going to use blocking tight ends. We don't need Dan Arnold for this game because he's basically, he's not a great blocker. He's just in there to be a pass catcher. So I do think that he'll be back on the field. I think that he's a viable option this week if you're looking for a streamer. The other two that I would consider, CJ Uzama against Oakland, that matchup is just too good. And then Chris Herndon uh, versus Houston, they've allowed four tight end touchdowns over the last five weeks all three of the touchdowns that he's caught this year have come from uh sam darnold so for him to be back on the field i think that's a positive for him so and they're not going to be able to run the ball against houston so those are my those are the three streamers that i think that are available in most leagues that i would likely pick up for this week i'm going to tell you all about a trap a lot of people are going to see what ian thomas did last week Got 9 of 11 targets, 77 yards against the Browns. And they're going to see the Saints. Oh, the Saints just gave up two touchdowns to Cameron Bray. You're going to want to pick up Ian Thomas. Don't do it. The Saints are not going to give up a touchdown again to a tight end. They're still the best in the league this season. So avoid Ian Thomas. Justin, who do you like? First of all, how dare you suggest that Ian Thomas won't have two catches and two (laughs) touchdowns this week? Come on. Uh, Chris Herndon's my top guy this week. And, you know, I think he had the difficult test with the Bills Uh, this week but coming up here you know he's looking at his stats from week six to week 13 he put up the ninth most fantasy points among tight ends like that's how well he was playing I know the position's been terrible there's been so many injuries so that factors in maybe he would normally be around that you know 
12 to 15 range, perhaps, but it at least shows what he can do. And looking at the receiving options on the Jets, not really a lot of guys that you're overly excited about there. So that next opponent, the Texans, very vulnerable to tight ends. They were terrible at the start of the year. They were actually, sorry, they weren't terrible at the start of the year, but uh, they've just been hemorrhaging yards to tight ends and, and touchdowns as well over the last five games here. So I think Herndon's a guy you can actually put in your lineup and have some faith in there. Uzama, I don't really love this week tags. I mean, I know the volume's there, but the talent just hasn't been. And I suppose at this point, just having a guy that's going to get, you know, 30, 40 yards and have a shot at a touchdown, that's probably enough to, you know, sneak into the top 15 at least. But he's just not a guy that I'm willing to trust other than, you know, just a complete dart throw and hope that he finds the end zone. Because we've seen him get a ton of volume and he just isn't putting up big yardage. Okay, guys, I am absolutely shocked you have not mentioned a certain tight end because not only do I have him as my clear-cut top tight end pickup this week, I've got him as my number two overall pickup over any of the running backs. It's Vernon Davis. Jordan Reed is going to be out again. He banged up his, his toe or foot or whatever it is again. Vernon Davis is an automatic top 10 tight end against Jacksonville who struggles against tight ends. You're not, you're not playing him tags. No, I'm not. Um, so I, I don't trust Josh Johnson to be my quarterback and my tight end. I can't do it. So the, the Jags, it, I, I need to put but you trust Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> hold on. Hold on a second. We need to put a disclaimer here. There's only been three tight ends all year to put, to post more than 36 yards against the Jags. So their overall numbers against tight ends don't look good. But if you actually break it down and look at it, Eric Ebron accounts for a ton of that production in two games. And Travis Kelsey was the other one. Outside of those uh, those three performances, no tight end has, re- has scored more than 12.6 PPR points, including Zach Ertz. So I don't think the Jags are a bad team at defending tight ends. I don't want to trust a fourth-string quarterback. That's right. We're on the fourth-string one for the Redskins now. So I, I, I really just don't. I mean... It's not, I don't think it's a great matchup. And then the week after that, he's playing against Tennessee, who has been like, they're the only team in the NFL who is still yet to allow a touchdown to a tight end. So I don't, unfortunately. I mean, I I would have been with you on this one had the schedule been lighter, but knowing there's two weeks left and they're both terrible matchups with a four string quarterback, nah. All right, Jess, what do you think? I've had Vernon Davis on teams before. I've used him when Reed's gone down and he has been great. But I really don't like either matchup, and I totally agree with Tags. When you're looking at this offense, is there really anybody in this offense at this point that you want to have faith in? This looks like a team that's just giving up on the season, and I don't even know if I blame them at this point. Same with the Jags defense, though. With all the—well, that's the thing. The the Jags defense did look pretty bad last week. The week before, though, they shut out the Colts, so who knows who's going to show up when it's when it's Jacksonville, (laughs) right? I think the one tight end that we haven't mentioned yet that's kind of interesting is Anthony Ferkser. Uh, you know, he's playing the Giants this week. He is 0% owned, so you cannot complain out there that, you know, he's already owned in your league. Jonu Smith, done for the year. Ferkser was coming on over the last month. Even with Smith in the lineup, had 40 yards or more in three of his last four games. And he's on a team that likes throwing to the tight end. So he's a guy that could really come out of nowhere and be maybe usable. I'd put him right alongside a guy like CJ Zama at this point. That's an interesting one. For sure. I actually like that call. All right. Let's go streaming defense special teams. Tags, who are you picking up? I mean, if you can get the Bills, I would take them. Matthew Stafford just hasn't looked the same ever since losing uh, both uh, Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. He's been terrible. Like, he's been sacked 27 times the last seven games. Uh, he's had six interceptions over that time. The Bills, I mean, they're going to be at home. It's it, They're coming off a bad loss to the Jets. I'm sure they want to get back in their fans' good graces. I just I think it's two teams with little to play for. I don't think there's going to be much scoring in that game at all. So I, I think the Bills are probably the best streamer. 
Justin, do you have the Bills or do you have Detroit against those Bills or maybe somebody else? I, I do have the Bills. I would recommend people go take a quick look and see if the Ravens are out there because I know that they're owned in a lot of leagues, but I saw them get dropped in a couple of leagues last week just because people were, you know, looking at the matchups and they were playing the Chiefs and a lot of people don't want to carry two defenses. So they might have ended up on the waiver wire in some leagues. I got them in at least one league last week. So take a quick look for them. They're an obvious pickup, but uh, the Bills would be my pick here just because they're favored in the game and they're at home. You could play both these defenses, though. I mean, you know, even with Josh Allen kickstarting the, the Bills offense there, they still gave up quality fantasy days to the Dolphins, to the Jets. And, you know, on the year, they're giving up the most points to opposing defenses. And then on the other side, like Tags talked about, you have the Lions. They haven't put up more than 22 points on offense in their last seven games. They haven't scored more than 16 points in any of their last three outings. So... Uh, either of those teams, I'd say, you know, look at that game and decide who you think's going to win that game and then pick up that defense. The other one would be the Falcons. I mean, they're worth consideration against the Cardinals. They've been playing pretty good defense lately. So much better than the start of the season. Yeah, a little bit better. Getting Deion Jones back definitely helps. And the Bills are giving up the most points to opposing defenses. Well, the Cardinals are giving up the second most points and they're on the road here. So definitely you could pluck the Falcons on that one. You know, they've been holding teams under 30 points pretty consistently. They give up 31 to the Saints. That was the first time they've done it since weeks five. So Atlanta's been playing good defense, getting after the quarterback. Arizona's offensive line is a train wreck. They're not my favorite pickup, though. It's Washington going into Jacksonville where they've got Cody Kessler. Nothing is going to happen. There's no way the Jags score 20 points against this defense. And we know that Washington has 34 sacks this season too, 23 turnovers. I think they get multiple sacks, multiple turnovers, and I like them even more than Buffalo. I would just be really worried for the Redskins that that offense does nothing, that that offense turns the ball over and, and really puts their defense in a tough position in short fields. So that would be the reason that I'd probably stay away from the Redskins this week. Yeah, their run defense has been struggling late as well. So if Fournette can get things going, he should get 20 plus carries in that game because Washington's not putting points in the board and Washington I mean let's be real they just allowed 40 points to a team without Odell Beckham <laughs> 34 not good <laughs> yeah that, that is not good <laughs> but hold on real talk real talk okay you give Cody Kessler and this Jags offensive line the ball at the 30 yard line every time 30 yards away from scoring a touchdown uh-huh over under, do they score 20 points? I say no. I, they, I think they do. I think Leonard Fournette had just had a, I, I think he had a bad game. And I don't know if Andrew Norwell is going to come back for this game. Uh, I know he obviously missed, uh, last week, but, um, if Norwell's back, that really boosts the run game for them, uh, which would change things a little bit. But I just, it's going to be a boring game. So I'm not saying that Washington's a terrible one, but I, I think that the Bills and the Lions are available in the majority of leagues. And I think those are the best options. Atlanta's good too. I think Atlanta's better than the, the Washington as well. I'm going to start Washington and Chris Conley and Vernon Davis, and you all are going to just be laughing at me, and I'm going to score 500 points. <laughs> if you start the Redskins, that's fine, Bobby, but just don't watch the game. Okay. That would be the punishment right there. <laughs> all right, guys, let's do some factor fiction at the end of the show to close it out. Factor fiction, Dak Prescott is going to be a QB1 next year. Ooh, um, man, I, I think I, I'm going to go first there and I, I think that's fiction. I think he'll be borderline. I think he'll, you know, maybe crack the top 15, but there are a lot of good quarterbacks. And right now 
I struggle when I'm ranking every week. You have guys that are very, very good. You know, you have the, the Kirk Cousins, the Carson Wentz's, and they don't even crack the top 15 sometimes. You're like QB 17 a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> you got to drop them down depending on the matchups and stuff just because there are so many good options. And it's not necessarily always good quarterbacks. Like there's guys like, you know, Lamar Jackson and stuff that end up getting into that top 12, top 13 and bump some of those other guys down. But I think that's where you're going to have a hard time with Dak. And I think this year, while he's played very well since Amari Cooper's got there, his, his schedule has been really, really good. And he helped his cause by scoring a lot of rushing touchdowns. And well, we know that, you know, it sometimes can be tough to, to replicate that. So, uh, you know, no guarantees that he's going to be able to continue doing that year over year. So I would have him probably outside my, my top 12 there. Tags, what do you think, man? Oh, I'm a, man, it's, it's, that's a really close one. I'll, I'll say fiction as well. I, I just feel like the game, you know, you need to have those massive performances in order to get there. And I think it's still a run first team. That's a young defense that they have there. They're only going to get better. I imagine in the draft, I don't know if he's going to get much help on offense. Uh, and that's my concern. Like, I think it's going to be a similar team, but I think you're going to be looking at one that has a better, a, they have a solid defense. They played really well this year. And if they continue to get better as a young defense, uh, you could see them throw the ball less and less, which takes away some of that upside. So I'll, I'm with Justin on this one. I'll say just outside the top 12. I've got him QB 13. I, uh, I looked at that and I found 12 other guys I'd rather have, but nobody else. So he's close for me. I probably won't be drafting him. I'll tell you what, every single league next year, I'm going to have Jameis Winston as my quarterback. Hunter Henry is my uh, as my tight end, and I'm drafting Dalvin Cook everywhere because he is so good. That offensive line is so bad. And what team will Jameis Winston be playing for? Well, if he's playing for the Bucks, I'll draft him. <laughs> if he's not playing for the Bucks, I will not be drafting him. But it's going to be a different coach, though. It's going to be a totally different offensive scheme. I can promise you that. There's no way Dirk Cutter makes it through another offseason. Yeah, I think so as well. Okay, guys, fact or fiction. Todd Gurley's gone. You got the second pick. Half PPR. You're taking Christian McCaffrey. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. I think you're smoking crack. Whatever. It's no knock on McCaffrey, though. I mean, it's just, that's how good Barkley is. Yeah. I mean, McCaffrey's your number three, though, right? Yes. Okay. Is there anyone else you would consider in the top three tag? Zeke, maybe? Kamara? I would take Zeke over, over McCaffrey. Le'Veon Bell? You would take Zeke over McCaffrey? 100%. Oh, you're just sour about him beating you in the bet. No, no, no. Hold on a second. I've come around. I've had McCaffrey ranked as the number one running back over the last couple of weeks. So I, I, I don't want to hear that. Um, what I, <laughs> what I, what I, I want to say about McCaffrey though is like, we can't forget the player that he was, you know, for the first year and a half of his career. He wasn't like a guy that's scoring two or three touchdowns a game. He wasn't. Well, that was Melvin Gordon too. I mean, let's not pretend. Cam Newton's been hurt. He hasn't been running a lot. He hasn't been getting those rushing touchdowns. Some of those things are going to go to Cam. We're starting to see the, the receivers emerge a little bit in this offense. I'm not saying that he's, he's still a first round pick. I'm not arguing that. But I would much rather take the guy that I know is a difference maker. I still, I think, I think Christian McCaffrey is perfect for today's NFL game, but I still don't think that he's a difference maker on first and second down. I think that they're going to add another running back to that offense, and I don't think he's going to be asked to carry. I think he's touched the ball, like, I think he's had over 90% of their touches since CJ Anderson's been let go of the team, and that's just a ridiculous amount that can't keep up. So, like, why not? He's the most durable running back in the NFL. He plays on the field 98% of snaps. Well, that's the thing is like, I don't think that's going to hold up. I, I, I really don't. I don't think he's a difference maker on first and second down. I think he gets. 
gets what's blocked for him, and I think he's a fine player. What a hot take. I think he's a great receiver. I had this conversation with Clinton, one of our uh, producers of the show, um, actually yesterday, even while McCaffrey was having that game, and I'm like, I, I watched every game McCaffrey's played, and is he a good player? Yes. Is he like a, a generational talent? No, he's not. Uh, he's a he's a great receiver, but he's, he's very average on first and second down. He doesn't break very many tackles. Justin, I'd be curious to hear your point of view, because we have two different extremes here. I, I, I think he's still worth a first-round pick, but... Are you not worried about the player and like that them bringing in someone else? Because I, I don't think that Christian McCaffrey is going to get, you know, 20 plus touches every single game. I, I mean, we're seeing him do it this year and I do think they're going to bring someone else in, but it could just be as an insurance policy. It might not be a guy that's going to come in and take away a ton of touches from him. And I do, I agree with your take on the passing game potentially being better, but. I think that might make the offense better and might lead to even more scoring opportunities, which could offset some of that. And Cam's getting older, like the the potential for him to run, you know, we'll see here. But, you know, I think every year the chance of him getting a little bit nicked up like he has been is going to increase. And maybe those decisions where, you know, is he going to want to run for the touchdown or just take the easy handoff and let the guy convert who has been consistently converting this year. So I, I do like McCaffrey. I think, I mean, I think we're, we're totally just splitting hairs here. We're talking about guys like, you know, Elliot and McCaffrey. I think they're both going to be right up in that top five, but I don't see a situation, you know, barring some type of injury or them spending a very early pick on a running back, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, I still think McCaffrey's a, a rock solid top 10 pick next year. He's incredible, especially when you get points for the receptions. He's got more receptions this year than DeAndre Hopkins. Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham. And he's a running back who gets a ton of carries. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think he's elite as a pass catcher. I think he, he, he I actually would say he's the best receiving back in the game, even better than Barkley, 100%. But uh, it's just my, it's more my concern on his first and second down work. That's all it is. I, I think his touchdowns are a little inflated. That's all. Nobody mentioned Le'Veon Bell. Does he not belong in the conversation anymore? Depends on the team he goes to, man, because Indianapolis. Let's say he goes to Indianapolis. That's the factor fiction. Le'Veon Bell's still a top three pick. I'm going to say false. Yeah, I wouldn't put him up there. I'd be, I'd be more interested to see. I mean, that could be a situation where, you know, throughout the off season and the preseason, if, you know, we get a better feel for how he would look in his new offense, if it was the Colts or the Jets or whoever it ends up being. But yeah, I'm a little bit worried. I mean, anytime a guy sits out like this for this long of a stretch coming back, you know, injuries, definitely possible. You could see him come back and, and get hurt. Um, you know, soft tissue stuff definitely pops up in those situations and, you know, who knows? It's been an, another year away from the game. You, you don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. I still think he would be a good player, but is he going to be firing on all cylinders? Is he going to be, you know, running like the the Ferrari that, you know, he was last time we saw him? I, I don't know if that's the case, and that, that would worry me a little bit going into next year. All right, last one here, guys. Fact or fiction? You're drafting Juju Smith-Schuster and Amari Cooper over Adam Thielen next year. Now, Adam Thielen has led me to the playoffs in many leagues this year. So that's going to be another how dare you. But um, no, it's, it's fiction for me. I, I think all three of those guys are fantastic. But I, I still have Thielen above both those guys next season. He's been struggling lately. It makes me nervous about drafting that high. I think it's injury related. He had that calf injury. And I think that that sort of slowed him down a little bit. I, I think that's been the case. Uh, I don't think anything else has really changed that would, you know, cause his numbers to, to drop off dramatically. Just he is a, an excellent, excellent talent. Those other guys are, are great as well. I think the more interesting question might be, 
you know, next year, at what point here are we going to start talking about Juju versus Antonio Brown and who you're going to take first? Oh, we talked about it last week and ta- tags okay, is on well, the wrong side of the argument. <laughs> yeah, I'm still I'm still taking an AB on that one, but it, it, I'm still taking AB right now. But it's that that's going to be pretty close pretty soon. Yeah, it's it's turning into a real conversation. That's that's for sure. Now, the thing is, I, I'll say that's a fact, Bobby. I think I would draft both. Juju, yeah, I, I think I would. Well, what if Big Ben's gone though? I want it. I want it. Do it, but that's my asterisk uh, on this one, where it's like if if Big Ben retires, uh, if he walks away, or whatever the case is, Josh Dobbs is terrible, and Mason Rudolph hasn't even been active, so they obviously don't believe in him. He didn't look great in the preseason, so I would be worried for all Steelers pass catchers if if Ben were to retire. That's why I said Jameis to the Steelers. It makes sense to me, man. I mean, I, I think that they would love it for that to happen, but I don't think Jameis leaves the Bucks. I think he stays. With the way Ben deals with all his injuries and leaving the game and being so dramatic about it, <laughs> I feel like we're going towards a Favre situation here where we're going to get so much of him debating it. And we saw kind of, you know, a preview of it before. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of that maybe over the next year or two. They love the attention, him and Favre, man. Yeah. For sure. All right, guys. That's all for today's show. Justin, thank you again for taking the time to come on. Thanks for having me, guys. Good luck in the the rest of the playoffs. All right, guys. That's all for today's show. And thanks to the sponsors of today's show, Roman, where you can go to GetRoman.com slash FantasyPros for a free online visit. Remember just how easy they make it for you and discreet at GetRoman.com slash FantasyPros. And thanks also to Audible. For a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. Go to audible.com slash fantasypros or text fantasypros to 500-500. From Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.